Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast, brought to you by HarperCollins Publishers. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Hi, it's Lainey. And it's Virginia. And we are here on location recording our podcast this week. And do you want to tell them why? We're at the New York Public Library office. It is, we're celebrating National Library Workers Day, which this year is April 9th. And we are speaking with two wonderful librarians who are from New York Public Library right now. And we're going to talk to them about what they do to get the books from uh, their shelves into patrons' hands. So uh, we're talking with Lynn Lobash, Associate Director of Reader Services, and Gwen Glazer, Librarian and Reader Services. Extraordinaire! <laughs> so thank you both so much. Here we are. We're talking, about li- we're talking to library workers about Library Workers Day <laughs> in celebration of. So we thought that yeah. we would pick your brains a little bit and talk about what you do, what are the highlights of your job, what do you love about your job, and, and what do you want people to know about your job? It's a long list with a short explanation, I think, because really what we do is book recommendations in lots of different forms to lots of different people. And we like to say that we sort of split our job into two, where part of it is directly making book recommendations to people, um, to readers themselves over lots of different channels on social media, via email, via, you know, the Internet and all its forms, via a podcast. And then we also uh, try to raise the profile of our staff and raise their level of expertise and just basically help them be more comfortable recommending books to patrons. That is exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Great. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Take care. (laughs) Um, So we were talking a little bit about um, uh, reader's advisory and what what is entailed and and what are your... um, you know what? What are the highs? What are the what are the parts that um, I don't know that that you know or that you find are effective in spreading the word to to, to staff as well as to patrons? Mm. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I guess I, I I think maybe just to go back a little bit to what Gwen was saying. I, uh, I think there are two parts to readers' advisory that are equally important, and one is you have to be able to, um, to use a bookstore term, hand sell a book to a patron or help a patron find something that will be satisfying for them. So that happens through a conversation with a patron. You know, they tell you about something that they read that they loved, and you use that as a basis, or they tell you that they like mysteries, and you ask them a few questions about, you know, what kind of mysteries they might be interested in, um, and then you take them to the shelves and you, you know, give them one or two or hopefully three books that they can take with them and find something that really makes them happy. Um, the second part of uh, Reader's Advisory, we're, we're calling sort of indirect Reader's Advisory, which has a lot to do with the collection itself and merchandising the collection. So that by that I mean anything from uh, face-outs to displays to shelf talkers, um, staff picks. I love um, a staff pick section and I love a shelf talker. Uh, anyone who's worked with me for any uh, amount of time <laughs> knows that to be true. Um, I just talk about it ad nauseum. Um, 
So I think th those are two really important ways to help readers uh, find something mm -hmm. um, that will be good for them. I think something that illustrates that direct and indirect thing really well too is that when whenever I do a training for our staff or for somebody else, I like to ask this question and I like to ask people to raise their hands if they've ever, and this is of library staff members, mm -hmm. if they themselves, before they started working in a library, ever asked a librarian face-to-face -face for a book recommendation. And like usually it's like yeah, less than a so quarter cool. of the people in the room because most people just don't, I never did. Like most people just don't operate like that. You don't go up to people and be like, what book should I read? I mean, you don't yeah. do it in a bookstore either. You don't. You know, you, you just don't. like browse around. Like browsing is, right. and I got some interesting um, statistics while we're talking about oh. data, Gwen. Yeah. I was reading the other day that um, in sales, and you guys can back me up on this probably or tell me that I'm wrong, hopefully not, uh, that 19% of U.S. book sales last year um, goes to what was an E in mm -hmm. format. So 19%. So if you think about that, then that means that eight, if libraries are in line with that, which I believe they probably are, like by some degree on either side, um, in terms of readership, that means that 81% of people who come into libraries actually come into a library. They may be picking up a hold that they placed online or they're browsing our shelves, but at any rate, if they're setting foot in the library, there's an opportunity there to sort of mm -hmm. upsell or recommend them things. I mean, just something as simple as like putting a table of recognizable, you know, fairly recent uh, books near the circulation desk and they're standing there waiting in line to pick up their holds. They're going to be like, oh, I never read Sing Unburied Sing. I've heard a lot mm -hmm. of really good things about that. And they'll leave that library with not one, but two books. Mm -hmm. And um, and, you know, for people who are coming in and browsing, like doing th anything really simple, like I really like the idea of, um, you know, just sort of nodding at patrons. Like you get these regular patrons that come in. So you've got these guys who come in and they read the newspaper every day. Like why not set up a display of like, you know, long form journalism for mm -hmm. them to check out and just be like, hey, I see you. Like I made this right. for you, you right. know, or like moms or caregivers who come in with the kids, like setting up like some, you know, books that are popular, you know, in the kids area is great. It's like, hey, Hey, you know, like, cause they're just kind of sitting there spacing out, like watching their kid or reading their kid. Mm -hmm. But if you put something there for them, you know, that might be great. And so yeah. say you have like a, a crew of, um, you know, nannies from India that come in all the time. It'd be great to like set up a Bollywood display in the kids mm -hmm. area and just like be like, Hey, I see you. Like I've, mm -hmm. I've made this thing for you. So I think there's a lot of really nice things you can do um, around browsing yeah. that we don't think about as reader's advisory, but is definitely a part of getting books mm -hmm. in people's hands. Mm -hmm. Right, and all those people who don't just go up to a library staff member and ask for a book recommendation, they're still there. Yeah. Like, they're still looking. And it's either in it's in person, too, and things like shelf talkers really help and stuff like that. And it's also online that we know that people are looking at books online thinking, like, oh, wait, maybe I'm going to read this, that that's Reader's Advisory, too. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. like, thinking about that as also having a patron interaction. Mm -hmm. Like, it still counts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, right. So I feel like a lot of our trainings and stuff are designed around that kind of idea. And even people who, like, come into the library who are not intending to check out a, like people who come in to use the computer solely like you could put up a display of books of people who have gotten rich like doing things on computers like you know like biographies of like you know Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg or whatever like you know hey I see you like computers <laughs> so did these rich people <laughs> so, I, don't, I, I, so I think that's a, a part that gets missed a lot I mean I do also think we were talking earlier about um, you know training like you have to continually train staff like you you can't go out enough to the branches and say 
here's what Reader's Advisory is. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. because there's there's new staff all the time and people have a thousand priorities and, you know, so you, you really, you feel like, oh, I've covered that. Like, you know, when I, fir- when I first started this department like five years ago, or what, I went out and I was like, Reader's Advisory 101, everybody hears what it is, you know, and then I was like, well, that's done. <laughs> like, wrong, so wrong. So yeah. you have to just keep repeating. And I was um, talking earlier before we started recording about um, I'm really excited. I've been doing these genre trainings. They're called a crash course in like fantasy or a crash course in mystery or a crash course in romance, that kind of thing. And um, they're webinars. But it's, it's got me thinking about how we need to repetitively do genre training because in like introduce people to new books all the time, mm-hmm. things that are happening in the genres, like trends that are coming up and things like that. Because you need to know the books. Like if you if you are a really strong reader, readers advisory can be challenging, um, especially in a collection that floats like ours does, and like a lot of people, because you don't really know what's on your shelf at any given moment. Uh, so you you really like you can't. You've got to know your you got to know your your genres mm-hmm. and your subgenres and your do, themes. Do people know what that means? A collection that floating. Floats? I was just yeah. Going yeah. That. I was just yeah. Say probably a little insider baseball. Describe yeah. it. Do you Describe to floating. Tell them. Oh yeah, it's it's like a commonly used library term for books that don't necessarily get returned to the place to like a home base. So there's no home base for the books. It's just like if you return if you take out a, a book from one library and return it to another one, then it stays in the other one, and so it doesn't. It, things don't always like have a home and go back to it. Right. So and your collection system, is never static. Right, exactly. And like it makes mm. a lot of sense, I think, in terms of logistics, but it can be a little bit disorienting sometimes when you're trying to recommend books and you can never be sure what's on the shelf. I mean, in addition, people just like checking them out. Mm-hmm. You you don't have a core collection that you can kind of go back to. Yeah, like somebody comes in and says like, oh, I'm looking for some really exciting historical fiction. And you're like, ooh, I saw Kate Atkinson over there the mm-hmm. other day. And you go over there and she's not there anymore. Right. And you're like, oh. Right. When I was in the branch, like my first library job that used to break my heart all the time because I was in Maryland I was in a pretty small branch and we didn't have a ton of books and I would be like oh, I know a great book for this and I would like rush over to the shelf and somebody would have checked it out or it would, be, it would be floating to you, you almost like and, run yeah. like you can catch it before yeah, it. Right, right, right. Uh, it never quite works like can we talk about um can we talk about novelists I mean because people are going to listen to this quick can we tell can we tell t- tell them where they could find yes. that yeah, so these um, crash course genre things, studies, uh, webinars, can be found on the Novelist website. And if you go to the Novelist website, if you look under events, they're all there. But I say all, but there are really only two so far, science fiction and mystery thriller. Um, the next one is fantasy, and it's coming soon. Uh, there will be five in total. I think they're fantastic. I, they really um, go pretty deep. They talk about you know history, um, themes, subgenres, trends, um, some popular series. Gives you a nice like handful of books to keep in your back pocket. Um, yeah, they're great. Really like them, and you can watch them from anywhere. So, and your library, the country. you don't have to subscribe to Novelist or anything Mm-mm. to be able to get them, right? No, nope. just it's just free, on the site, free, yeah, on there. free, free training. That's great. Yeah, I, mean, I think a lot of people would really benefit from that. Yeah. So, are there are, are there actual? <clears throat> and I'll check it out myself. But are there actual titles? Are, are you suggesting? Oh yeah, titles? I okay. mean, it's like <laughs> lobbing like hundreds of books at you mm-hmm. <laughs> in forty minutes. <laughs> <That's laughs> There's so many book jackets and those things. Yeah. So podcasts, we're all about it. We're doing one right now. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and you have one. I do. Tell um, us about it's it. called "The Librarian Is In." 
I've just learned the technical term. It's a chat show. Oh, is it? I believe this is also a chat show. Yeah, yeah. that seems like a it's about suitable right. title. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I do it um, with Frank Calarius, my co-host, who is the branch manager of Jefferson Market, which is the library in the village. That Beautiful library. It's a really yeah. pretty library. Um, and we really just talk books. We have, we sort of have a two pronged approach there also. Like we talk about books and things we're reading and things we're passionate about. And then we also interview people, oftentimes people who work in the library to sort of get to know them and to tell other people all over the place, um, what kinds of jobs can be found in a really big library system like NYPL, because we know that. We're really lucky. A lot of our super, super nice listeners are also library staff members. And so, but they're, you know, most people aren't in a system this size. And so people will be like, you have librarians that only work in the prison system. Like you have librarians that only do like immigrant services. And so it's, it's been really cool to be able to sort of shine a spotlight on them too. How old is the podcast? We had one episode in 2015, so we're actually like really old for a podcast. Yeah, awesome. yeah and we for a long time we came out every two weeks, and then about two years ago we switched to every week. Wow, I know we're hardcore, right? Yeah. What, as far as evolving and changing with that, what worked and what didn't for the podcast? I guess maybe getting started compared to now. Um, so we found very quickly what didn't work was talking for an hour and a half. Because <laughs> our, no. our first couple episodes were so long, and we went back and listened to them, and we were just like, oh my god, you just want to hide under the table. Um, so yeah, we, we try to keep it short and sweet. Um, we also make sure not to talk about the books that we've read beforehand, because that, you use up all the good conversation, and then you're just like, yeah, I know, you read whatever. Um, so we, we like to keep everything a surprise from each other when we can. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Gwen's podcast, it's uh, National Library Workers Day every week. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> every week on the librarian is in. Yeah. That's fantastic. Good. So publishers and, and librarians are sort of working hand in hand, and um, that most of the publishing houses have a dedicated uh, at least one person, and if you're lucky, you have more than one person in the department that does solely library marketing. Um, and so um, could you talk a little bit about uh, the title presentations that you organize with the publishers? Oh, title presentation. I like that. Yeah. Um, we call them book buzzes, Buzz. which is much more hacky sounding. Um, That's all right. We're hacky kids. Mm. <laughs> yeah. We just shout out to library marketing representatives. We love them so much. Um, and we also, again, you know, are extremely lucky to be in the city where most of the publishing happens. So, you know, I it's funny. I I don't know where I got the idea to do them. I, or maybe they existed before. But again, when I started this department like five years ago, I just contacted um, I might have gone through Miriam. Sorry, I'm rambling now. Uh, I just contacted the library reps and said, hey, would you guys like to come to Jefferson Market and, um, you know, present on some uh, current and upcoming titles? And they all said that would be fantastic. And then I sent around a email to the staff and I said, hey, I'm going to do this thing. And it was incredible. <laughs> they all showed up. We had like <laughs> the I think we usually get like 60 people and it's hard to get people out of the branches because they're, you know, they're short staffed for the most part so now I, I run it a little bit more uh, less fly by the seat of my pants so I send out a schedule at the beginning of the year to the publishers and the staff so everybody can put it on their calendars and you know we do six a year we do um 
a little bit like the genres we do uh, fiction, nonfiction, we have romance, which is probably the funnest one. Um, science fiction, I think we do science fiction and fantasy mm-hmm. together. We've yeah, got a graphic yeah. novel one and uh, crime one. mystery thriller. We're not doing those. Oh, anymore. we're not doing. Oh, and exactly. anyway, <laughs> so there's a few, and and it's great. So the publishers all come. They send um, advanced reader copies. So our staff comes with yeah. like tote bags and suitcases, mm-hmm. and like grabs up all the books. And it's so great. It's like it, it's like the fun. And we get food, which is, we don't usually do yeah. for meetings. So that's like a <laughs> nice treat. Broke, yeah, so libraries like, yeah. are always broke. So I don't know. We've like kept this budget somehow. Like, I know. How have we Don't tell anyone. <laughs> and uh, so um, everybody comes together and. It's like a big party every, and it's at Jefferson Market, which is such a yeah. wonderful like community room there. It's got this gorgeous velvet um, curtain that I love as a backdrop, and they're mm-hmm. super fun. And we're so grateful that the publishers keep coming and the staff keep coming. Mm-hmm. Um, every year, I'm like, oh, people must be sick of these, and they're not. Yeah. <laughs> librarians they love books. It's like, there's of, just right. Like, and it speaks to like a broader truth too. I think where. A lot of people, I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of people go to library school because they really love books. Yeah. They work in libraries because they love books and they want to talk about them. But librarians have a lot of stuff that we do that yeah. has absolutely nothing to do with books. And so something like these book buzzes, it's like you get a couple hours to just hear people talk about books, learn about new books, like kind of refresh your own reader's advisory stuff and take home a bunch of books. And it's, it's They, they literally sit in these tiny chairs for like two hours yeah. wrapped. <laughs> like they're so right. happy to be right. there. It's it's, really, it's like one of the mm-hmm. funnest things that we yeah. do, for sure. And I think that's true of a lot of parts of our job, too, that we, like, can coax out little pieces of writing about books from people and, like, because they want to be able to talk about books more than yeah. they actually get to. This really yeah. sweet guy, Judd Carlman, um, <laughs> did he uh, He wrote me a note the other day. He was he was leaving NYPL. I think he's going to live somewhere more sane. And... <laughs> uh, um, he, he wanted to write and say that one of his favorite parts of his time here at NYPL was sending us um, sci-fi and fantasy staff picks. Oh, I didn't know it that. It was really touching. So yeah, nice. he, is a, he was a great guy. He worked here for a long time, was a library manager, and uh, it was a really sweet Everyone note. go see Judd's staff picks on something we haven't talked about yet, which is something that we do online where every season, basically, it's four times a year now, um, the staff members write stuff and we put them up online in a new we right now we just have our new spring ones just went up oh, last that's week right. yeah um, and it's just books that they're reading right now that they're excited about that you can check out from the library um, so I, I like to think of it as the chef telling you the best things on the menu. <laughs> oh, that's nice. It's like a digital uh, staff pick shelf. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. exactly. And where can people find those? So everybody can see the staff picks if you go to nypl.org slash recommends. Um, you can see staff picks and then lots of other things that we do online. Our email reference services link there and oh, our yeah. blogs and everything. Or you can just Google NYPL staff picks and you'll get there too. Oh, we should talk about, this is another favorite thing about um, this job of mine is um, we run out of this office the Best Books for Kids, Best Books for Teens, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, committees. And this year we have two brand new committees we're excited Psyched about. Our new committees. We have a Best Poetry Committee. So we're going to do a top 10 poetry collections. And we've got like eight readers on that. And they're very excited. And um, we're doing Best Books for Kids in Espanol. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Another top 10, yeah. which is going to be great. Yeah. About time. Oh, it's one of those ideas, you know, when you come up with them. And, and, and a staff member approached me about it, Jessica. And, and she was like, I really like to do 
do this? And I was like, God, doesn't that exist already? <laughs> and you know yeah. it's a good idea when you think it should already exist. Right. How so, could we not have done this? How could we not this? have done it? Yeah. Exactly. So right. we're thrilled. And it's so great because we work with, um, you know, Gwen and I do a lot of the logistics and things um, to set everything up. But then we basically hand the work over to chairs who run the committees. And it's so great. Like the work of being on um, a book committee, I, I read for um, – ALA's Notable Books, and Gwen has read for years for um, uh, the Bernstein Awards. And I, I think, to me, like the most tra- the best training I've ever received as a reader's advisory professional is being on these committees because you really learn to be able to discern what makes an you know an exceptional book as opposed to just a good book, um, and to be able to talk about the difference between those two things. Um, and uh, so when we run these committees, that that's the goal for us, is to give the same sort of opportunity for the people who are reading on the committee, and then also for people who are going to be chairing the committee. So we raise people up from readers to become chairs on these committees, and it's so wonderful to see them. Like, they're you know, they read for like two years on these committees, and they're like transformed. Like, they just are like... You can send these, like, little birds out of the nest and be like, these people are going to be, like, excellent reader's advisors Mm -hmm. for the rest of their lives. Like, they are so thoroughly trained and they're so in love with it that we never have to worry about them again. It's it's really the best. It's so high touch, but so worth it. Right. It's a huge time commitment. It's a giant. Um, (laughs) It's insanity, basically. It really is. Um, But, yeah, it's true. I feel like that's the most rewarding thing we do, actually, is that, like, when you compare what the meeting, what the first meeting was with what the last meeting is, it's just incredible to hear people, like, be able to vocalize. And, I mean, I... I felt this for myself too, like to be able to actually explain what you love about a book or not even what you love, but what is like objectively good or different, special, special about a book. Right. It's so, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and they do it, they learn to do it respectfully and articulately. Mm -hmm. And it's just like to see them do that is, it's really, it's a really special experience. And a lot of them go out into the world and serve on ALA committees and stuff like that too. So it's really great. That's very empowering. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I admire anyone who can be on something like Notables, where there is just <laughs> massive amounts it's of insane. books to read. I this love it so much. Ordering this year, I'm too. doing the book ordering this year. <laughs> so you want to talk about insanity. Um, yeah. it's But it's so rewarding. I mean, I'm going to do my four years and then I'm done. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. um, but it's, it's like been a president. You do your four years. Yeah, that's you're, right. You're, you're, you're I, term I'm limited. totally. I'm, I'm not going again. People do come back, but and maybe I will, but uh, not for a while. Um, do people come back forever? Are you allowed to be on it forever if you no, want no, to? No, no, no. You oh, have to okay. take time off. Okay. They, they won't let you keep Bernstein, you're allowed to be. Bernstein is the, um, is NYPL's yeah, you can just be award on for that. journalism. Yeah, people are on it for like There should probably years. be term limits, though, because you want to give other people a chance. It's also you know so I mean? intense and it like is depressing because this is this is like the I'm looking at the books from last year now. <laughs> it's like the long form book length journalism and it is universally depressing. Oh yeah. I read for that committee for three years too. And it, it, and the books come in in September and you're like, it's time to go to school. Right. <laughs> and right. you just are reading about just like Syrian refugees climate followed by change. like fracking and climate <laughs> change. It's just like, it's so, but I swear to God, like it's incredible. Like, and the, the shortlist that comes out, I was thinking the other day, like it's comparable to 
um, like the Academy Award nominations. Like mm-hmm. I've been watching all yeah. of the Academy Award nominations, um, and I don't really go to the movies very much. And so then, like at the end of the year, like I love to watch the Academy Awards. I'm such a sucker for them. I'll like totally cry, and I don't know why. I don't really. <laughs> it's just like those acceptance speeches. Really and, and so anyway, the so I watch the movies, and you know there'll be like five or, or whatever, and you're just like, okay, and I've seen the best that 2018 had to offer. And when you get a short list like that, or or like when the notables list comes out and you've mm-hmm. got like 25 books that you know a group of 10 like librarians have like read like everything that came mm-hmm. out that year and they've said here's 25 and you just read those like you've done it like you've yeah. you know like but it, like being on the committee is also great because you know like I, all the lists come out at the end of the year and you'll be reading like the New York Times and NPR's list or whatever you're, you're like, like got that one you're got like 2019 I killed it yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's really fun <laughs> but yeah it, Thanksgiving is basically ruined for me every year I'm just like yeah. you know, um, I'll never be able to cook as long as I'm on notables because I'm just like read, 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 read faster, read faster, read faster. Oh my god, <laughs> this turkey's not cooked. I have to say, I was, I'm not, you know, not making this a commercial for one of our books, mm. but a personal favorite of, of mine was Willie Lawton's um, Don't Skip Out on Me. Oh, I <clears throat> and I was, we were all so Chris Connolly, too, Lainey. We are such fans of that book. Yeah. I mean, I Did, love that made Notables him. this year, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's what I'm saying. When we saw we that We read that made. one early, too, and I remember being like, I've never read anything like this. I mean, it's about... He's a rancher, yeah. and he wants to become a wrestler, but he doesn't want to just become a wrestler. He wants to be a, become a Mexican wrestler. Yeah. And it's, it's such a good book, and the landscape in that is amazing, too. Yeah, that was yeah. – thank you for that one. He, <laughs> it was uh, really good. He's a fabulous writer. Yeah. He's got a wonderful backlist. Yeah. He's also a musician, and there's a, uh, there's an accompanying soundtrack that goes mm, – I'll send cool. you the link. I would love to hear uh, that. So, oh, my God. Yeah, Sometimes I'm is, driving in the car and That book is stuck with me forever. Like, yeah. it's going to stay. Yeah, that was a good one. You know yeah. they're good when you can't. Get, you can't, you can't shake them. them. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I know. I was, people, uh, we did a orientation phone call with the new people on Notables this year, and they're like, "What is a notable book?" And I'm like, "Well, it's hard to answer." But that was one of the criteria: is like, you, it just sticks with you. You just mm-hmm. you can't lose it. It's, when you know, it, you, you know, it's yours now. Mm-hmm. Well, as you yeah. said, you know, after all of after all of that reader's advisory and the training, and that that you can, and all of that reading, that you become so articulate yeah. about. Why it's special, and yeah. I think that's the word. Why yeah. is it special? You yeah. know, and sometimes yeah. you, you, you know, you don't only you don't actually know why it's special. You only know how you how it made you feel. That's right. You know, I mean, that's you know something that you know I think Nancy Pearl says sometimes. How does it make you feel? Yeah. You know, to, you know, and sometimes that's enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you can go back and and read the plot, but yeah. it's how mm-hmm. did, you know your takeaway is on my heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Totally. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you're, we talked about the buzzes and the podcasts and social media and your sites and everything that you're doing and those shelf talkers, which are amazing. Yeah. It's just delightful. Yeah. It's special. But like you were saying, when people get together and talk about the like crux of why they're there, like a reset. Mm-hmm. And when you guys are talking about books and what you do and how, what you love about what you do, you can really tell when it comes through. So I yeah. think that's nice. Thank to, you. What a, there, what a lovely way to end our I day. Know, I'm feeling so like, nice. like I've got the best job in the world. Right. right. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to say to librarians in general on this wonderful holiday? Uh, Keep on doing your good work. Yes, absolutely. Keep on Don't lose keeping heart. on. Don't lose heart. It can be really hard, mm-hmm. and we know that. 
and also try and get to the books. Like, do yourselves yeah. a favor. I know everybody else is telling you that you need to do a thousand other things, but like, do that for yourselves. It's gonna make us. you happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you both very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you. And uh, happy National Library Workers Day. Thank you.